0: Hi, pals. This has now been rebranded as the Mobile Mentor Podcast, so bear with us through the Brand, Mind, Body, old branding. All content is just as valuable. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Brand, Mind, Body podcast. I'm Alex Blanks. Feed your mind and body right to make yourself into a better brand. Everything is a brand nowadays, even people. What we do, what we say, the choices we make, and how we behave, and these shape how we progress through life. So it's time to do some work internally and make ourselves into personal brands we're super proud of. Happy listening! Hey cuties! Welcome to December of 2019, and the lovely winter season is upon us, as as is the festive season. I hope you're all doing well. Um, for this episode on what I've learnt since moving to Canada, I'm going to split it out into three sections. Um, firstly, personally, what I've learnt and what's changed. Secondly, how my life lifestyle has changed, and thirdly, the cultural differences and the wider picture differences between the UK. And Canada, and specifically here, my experiences living in the south of England, so primarily London um, and Brighton and the surrounding southern areas, with like flavors of some experiences up north, and um, British Columbia, so around Vancouver, the the different cities around Vancouver, and my time living there for eight months. So, yeah, I hope this episode brings you some um, insight into kind of like a personal shift. From one country to another as well as like any fuel for your fire if you're considering moving abroad um, and encourage and an encouragement towards um, a decision that you might be making um, I would always say new experiences are the most most wealthy things we can acquire and I've loved every minute of it um, even the hard times and I would say this was a significantly easier shift to moving abroad when I was 24 because I did the same thing moving alone um, to Australia and um, both for personal growth reasons rather than the kind of whole travel like bungee jump, um, adrenaline rush reasons. So that was what my decision was rooted in. I just feel like I needed a change of life to understand myself better. So to better understand myself, I needed to move myself around and put myself in different context. context. Oh my God, I can't even say it. Contexts. So yeah, I did that. And here's what I've learned. So yeah, have a good one. So section number one the bit about me, how I felt and how I've changed and how I have progressed and who I think I am now as of um, November 2019, um, eight months into a move from London to Canada. Um, firstly, I want to start off by caveat- caveating that all of this is my personal experience and I don't want anyone to take offense of what I say because I will have opinions and views on Canada, my life, England, that are very much subjective to how I live and what I think and my values. So please take everything knowing that, and I'm not at all trying to sway anyone's decision or make anyone feel a type of way at all. So please know that before we start. Um, But yeah, so to start off with me, I feel like in general, I'm so much more chilled as a person now. Um, The biggest notion I've noticed is that I am less emotionally turbulent, even though generally that's always going to be part of me. (laughs) Um, My mum will will vouch for me especially on this, Um, but I feel a bit more like I'm in control of my emotions or perhaps I let them affect me less and my day-to-day feels less fueled with angst and I feel less like torn or just battling this restlessness. Um, And I think that's because I finally have made a move to a place where I don't feel like I'm battling as many expectations or I feel like I've broken free of maybe some of the the things that were like holding me back or like personally so like the limiting beliefs of mine feel like they've kind of dissipated a bit more by being away from them geographically um or maybe even mentally um and I'd say another big thing is that like places you live don't always suit you It can feel a bit jarring when you're in a place and you think you're gonna be in a place for a while. And this is what I thought of England and London. And then suddenly, when you're like growing up into it, it's kind of like you're living it. You're like, but this isn't what life is meant to be. It feels a bit wrong, or it feels like it's fully like fully uncomfortable. So when I realized that, and I detached myself from the idea of living in London and being a Londoner and like carving this future out for myself, that was like super fast paced super energetic super like exciting and like continuing this long term i realized that i i really wanted that but then it didn't suit me and it wasn't working for me and it was like taking its toll on it on like my health my well-being um you know my general happiness um which was obviously part of why i was so emotionally turbulent when i detached myself from that and then moved to a place where i think it served me a bit better then I've noticed I've just been become a bit more grounded and humble and content and consistent, like if you imagine on those like heartbeat charts like Alex is a bit more like staying near the middle line like up and down teetering rather than the extreme up and down like roller coaster zigzag, so that's like probably the biggest change I've noticed in myself, and I think it's acceptance has been a big part of this change like in general my attitude towards myself and like life has been a bit more like stop trying to change everything, stop trying to force everything, stop trying to do what you should do and just be a bit more like accept what is, accept who you are Alex, accept what you like and what you don't like, accept that things might not suit you and then once I started accepting through all facets of my life including like Alex this is what you're going to look like, this is what your body is, this is what you're good at, this is what you're weak at or this is what you need to improve at once I accepted all parts of myself then life just became lighter and I kind of freed myself of my own prison so um I think being in London really like allowed me to hold on to them and like being around some of the world's most fascinating people with like the most exciting offerings like it is a place of dreams to be honest um I was just always comparing myself to everything going on there and like getting sucked into this idea that I had to be everything to everyone and do everything to myself. And it was just too much to maintain. That was such a big pressure to put on myself. So it like taking myself out of that climate has allowed me now to just be like, ah, oh, okay, I don't, I'm not surrounded by the same pressures anymore or that same fight to kind of be this, this best, whatever this best is. And yeah, I just feel a bit more relieved and my shoulders are down and I'm a bit more like, this is who I am. And this is like what I'm, what I'm good at and this is where my future is in terms of xyz I'm not saying like geographically this is where my future is I just feel like I've mapped out an idea in my head of what my future would look like with contentment at the heart of it you know and like what pieces are needed in that jigsaw to make me feel complete whereas before I think I was just shoving all these like different shaped pieces into this picture and it was like a mumble jumbled mess yeah, that's how I would kind of like visualize my life back there and how I looked at it and it didn't feel right compared to now. And I'm like, I have a clearer grasp of what really makes me me and makes me full up and what, you know, I don't need to put the things in that I'm fighting against anymore. They're not in my puzzle. So really good fitting pieces in this metaphor is what I'm trying to summarize. Um, uh, yeah, so less restlessness. Um, and with that, obviously feeling a bit less stressed and less anxious because the underlying kind of current of my life back then was, that, that inner turmoil, like myself, like the innermost me knew that that wasn't right. But then like, I guess my head and my actions were like forcing things. So it was just like this tension between two parts of myself that has now dissipated a bit more. They kind of aligned. And I've just, like I said, accepted it. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm more grateful. I'm more appreciative of both my life back in London everything that goes with that not just London I can broaden this to just generally England and everyone I know in England and the UK I, I have so much gratitude towards all my connections there like the people in my life the people I've met the memories I've made like my past um like what England offers as a country what UK offers offers as a culture um and having just a greater appreciation of things every day in my current life so here as well so I'm thinking like I wake up and I'm like just looking out and seeing clear skies and like that view is just fills me up so much and I take the time to acknowledge it now and I like even I'm just speak to myself when I'm woken up and I'm like oh morning Alex uh you're gonna have a good day look at that outside and you had a great sleep and you know everything just like I'm really recognizing the little things more and with that I'm just feeling a bit more like content because I think now I have I don't know if it's a mindset switch or if it's like a geographical switch but I feel like I have more time to appreciate things whereas before I felt like I was in this like constant race to just get up and achieve the most that I could in a day so it's almost like I didn't have time to do those things or pause because every minute could be spent with doing something like productive or fitting more into a day and now my pace is just a bit slower so I just open myself up to just looking around and like recognizing the things that I take for granted every day or used to so yeah um, I'm more grateful and I think that again fed into my just more balanced level of me Um, and with that like with the balance and with myself being less full of angst it's also because I'm very much um, more versed in saying no Um, And this has been something that I've found so hard, I'm sure like loads of you too find it really hard to say no to people, to opportunities, to like your bosses, to people at work, to friends, to people that mean something to you, you find it so hard to say no because it's like maybe you don't want to, you don't have energy but you almost like want to help the other person or you love the other person and care about what they want or you want to be seen in a certain way so like you kind of find it so hard to say no and you want to be like I want to be seen as the yes person who can take it all on but sometimes it's just not feasible and you just end up hurting yourself or breaking yourself down more if you do end up saying yes too much and like now I think I stand firmly in my truth and I'm a bit more like no I can't or like I need to put a boundary around this and it's bloody taken me like 28 years to be like no (laughs) um so I finally feel in like a place where because I know myself a bit more I have more clarity on what fills me up I want to protect it so it's like my ability to draw a line in the sand is is like really clear Um, And that's really great. I feel really proud of myself for doing that because it's just so difficult. Um, Yeah. And then again, with that, I'm definitely more solid and intentional with my daily choices, like how I spend my time. And I think this is like this thing link is linked to the fact that I'm have a clearer picture on my outlook of the world and, and life. Because for me, time is finite time is like the biggest resource I have in my day for me like some people's um like money might be their biggest resource or like um I don't know love might be their biggest resource but for me it's time and time is I can't get it back and time is the the one thing I can spend that can really affect if I go up or down like so much so for example like if I'm spending time at work and my work is something that doesn't fulfill me or is bringing me down or I'm working with people that aren't conducive to being open-minded or want to stunt my growth then I'm just going to be feeling heavy and crap most days where if I'm spending all my time with people who are like open-minded who are wanting to make change who want to listen who accept everyone's different or perhaps I'm just all, all I'm doing eight hours a day is like the thing I love to do you know and then like the shittier bits are just few and far between then I'm glowing, like I'm just like the buzziest version of alex, so um and then equally with like social time, like I want to spend now like time like working out and moving my body and like time outside to like just be near like Mother Nature and like be around natural things, you know because I know that these things really like boost me, and it's taken me so long to configure and understand the key elements of my life that do this um I found that like, before in London I was just a bit more like doing everything and cramming everything in and then I was just self-combusting and I couldn't realize like which things were like boosting me or bringing me down as much because they're just like too much of everything so I think here allowing like with I guess fewer things that are like around with fewer things around me and fewer people around me that I know it's allowed me to really hone in on the my values Um, and I actually did like an Instagram TV on this Um, not too long ago, if you go to a underscore blanks, that's B-L-A-N-X on Instagram, there's like an IGTV I did, which was like how to find out what's important to you, and that value exercise is just like speaking from your subconscious, or like sharing something from your subconscious from like a question I asked in that video, allows you to unlock your values, and I could do that so easily nowadays, and I can do that so easily nowadays, but like if you would have asked me before, I'd have been like, what? It's really difficult and I don't really know what makes me fully happy and what fully doesn't. So fewer blurred lines, like way more clearer lines and clearer boundaries all round, I would say. So yeah, um, that's me really in a nutshell nowadays. And I feel like I'm very much focused on health a bit more. Um, I think this will probably like segue very nicely into lifestyle. Like nowadays I spend a lot of time focusing on just moving my body and sweating and... Um, exercise and I did before in London but it was at the point where it was like my attitude towards that had like it was probably a bit more destructive and I did it because I had to and I did it because it was probably a bit more linked to my aesthetic and how I looked and my image rather than like now it's like very much how it makes me feel and how it balances my mental wellness and I know this is kind of like part of the like a converse a bigger conversation going on in society now and like a trend towards doing things because they serve you rather than because they look good to other people or you know they've changed their meaning now and I'm very much aware that's like a widespread thing but for me like I really needed to hear that from other thing- other people and try it myself to believe it um you know when people say like I do it for my mental health and you see these people on Instagram like I do exercise for this and then they still look good I was like Mm, that's not so convincing to me, you know? And it wasn't until I had that, like, bulb moment where finally my beliefs switched from it being about just aesthetic to being about way more. I'm, like, super focused on moving my body as much as possible in the week. And I'm doing, like, such great work because of it. Like, mentally I'm at work and I'm present and I'm free and I'm enlivened and I'm invigorated because I have dedicated time to do that. And I will prioritise that over, like, more often than not seeing friends or going to a social occasion so if I'm in my week I know I've got big week coming up from meetings and work and stuff and I've got work outside work that I need to do then I'm like I really want to see friends but also if I can't fit everything in I'm going to always prioritize exercise and like making sure that I get eight hours sleep um and I know that that could be seen as like a bit more boring but I love it and I'm so proud of that now and I know that that makes me show up the best and I'm just like woohoo so yeah um health and moving my body is a really big part of my me nowadays um but with the attitude of like I know I have to do it because I my mood is much better and I don't want to be sucked into a sad mood Alex because that was me for a long time in my life and I don't want to go back there so now yeah I'm holding on to this attitude switch towards moving Woohoo! so yeah segueing into lifestyle the second part of my analysis towards like how living in Canada um is nowadays and you know it's different to England um a big one again linked to health is I drink a lot less and um mainly because there's like less of an appetite to go out binge drinking or just drinking in general like the lifestyle here is geared to a lot less of that and a lot more of just being outdoors and being with connections and with family and like being indoors with friends and with family doing activities together um being in Vancouver and you know in the lower mainland the surrounding areas that like smaller cities the geographical setup is I guess less conducive to that to happen so you'll have like, un- well, Vancouver's probably the one way it's more likely to happen, where you can bar crawl. But still saying that, it's not as easy as it is in London or England. Like, there's a very big pub pub culture in England and the UK. Like, there's a very big work culture, um, like, embedded, um, where drinking is embedded. And it's, like, part of your kind of social life bleeds into work life. Very much so. And I find that here, there's less of that. Um, and I don't have an opinion on it being good or bad, either way. I'm just no, like stating my observation, so... Like, my appetite to wanting to do that is less, because I think there's less of a general appetite towards doing it. And also, because of the ge- geographical make of the city, where it's very much like you're relying on public transport, there's less often, less frequent, and less burst to allow you to do that. A bit, like, unlike London and England, where there's lots of buses and stuff, and the Tube, obviously, in London. But here, it's... There are buses, and there are, like, the equivalent of the Tube is the Skytrain, but things are a lot more planned out here. And, um, I guess the areas that you'd go to drink have fewer options. So, and like the party areas have fewer options and the places you go to party plus possibly don't have the things that you want all the time. So it's almost like it's, it puts me off when I go out and i realize there isn't like a destination I want to end up in. Yeah. So I think that's the limited choice, the more limited choice, I should say, not limited at all. It's just different and it's, um, less populated with i guess things for everyone and maybe just you know some things for some people the fact that the city is organized in a way that there's less public transport everywhere and also when you get to the outskirts of vancouver you have to really be a driver and have a car because everywhere's so spread out so the country makeup in general means that you have to have a car if you want to kind of go further out and then that doesn't really work if you're drinking either so with that there's less spontaneity in lifestyle and it is everything's a bit more like planned ahead And a bit more like um, few and far between. So I would say I drink less and I go out less because of these factors. And when there's a lot of rain (laughs) and it's harder to go out, your motivation drops. I think everyone can relate to this if you live in a cold country. If you have to get in your car and drive half an hour to a bar to have one drink and it's raining and it's dark at 5pm, you're not going to want to do it. And this is where I'm at with the head. I just, no thanks. I'd rather just go home and be cosy now. And I find more fulfilling things to do that way. Um, And that don't get me wrong, I quite miss the availability of being able to go out and be social and party and just, like, see where the night takes you in in the UK. And, like, the pub culture after work and, you know, and, like, even on a Sunday, you can always find, like, a random party or, like, a silent disco or something to do in in the UK. But I haven't found that here yet. So, yeah, lifestyles are more geared to, I think, I've noticed more wholesomeness um, and, like observing friends at work and um just being around like the different cities. Um and, you know, people really relish like their connections and their family time and there's a a lot more of work life balance here, I can definitely assure you. And I don't know if it's because I'm at a fairly progressive company, but um I noticed it in the couple of jobs I've had here, people really need put their boundaries Um, set their boundaries and, like, push for them. If they need to go to an appointment or they need to take time for family or something's happened at home, they would just state it and be honest and transparent and say, like, I need to be there for that. Um, Whereas I found that that was less so in England and the UK. From my experience of being in London and maybe the South, it was a bit more, like, work is a really big priority and especially if when you're a young person like in your 20s to 30s when you're like carving your career out you're high energy you've got so much appetite to push forward and you want to be the best like you can be at that age you just tend not to let things at home like stop you from being at work as much or you don't want to like reveal that or it's harder to be like hey I need to take time off for this or like can I leave early for this it's just there's almost like that element of like you're scared to be seen as weak as well or like you don't the opportunities to like at work to pass by you and be given to someone else who is there and who can show up. So it's, I don't know, that's that's a different kind of um, attitude that we have in the UK versus I've noticed like people here in Vancouver and BC have. Um. Yeah and so I guess lifestyle being like less about going out and drinking and because I was very much a party person back there I'm less hungover <laughs> so t- I tend to be more a lot more productive um, so obviously, naturally, you feel your time with other things when, you know, priorities shift. And I find that I'm just generally have a big appetite now to like doing things that really push my purpose and push achievement and like fill me up outside work. So I'm really like geared to my future now a lot more. and am geared to like my passion projects and geared to the things that I'm like good at and like bolstering skill sets. Whereas I guess I traded them in for like the fun times a bit more like, the impulsive, spontaneous, like, social occasions when I was in in England, um, yeah, and I also think part of why my, my lifestyle has changed is because being in a relationship, um, I know there's, like, a myth around, like, once you're in a relationship, you become a bit less fun, um, and I think I probably attached to this belief, like, at some point in my life, but, um, regardless, you can have fun in any capacity and there's no judgment here. But I've just I want to unpick that and say like I'm not less fun, I just find that I'm more clear on what fills me up. And again this goes back to my me being a bit more clear in like what is valuable to me. And it's just the things that fill me up and make me feel good more and for a long period of time are why I have why I focus on them. So For example, fun times usually last a night and then the day after I'm hungover to buggery and I'm like, ouch, and I'm really low mood and my anxiety pops up and yeah, you know that, you know that story. Whereas like if I spend time here, like say an evening, I'm spending time with like my loved ones and the next day I wake up early and I'm like doing passion project stuff or focusing on like side hustling and side businesses and copywriting and my poetry, then I'm like that lasts that has a longer payoff because it means like whatever I put in the work in today will be added up to my like history of it in future and then you know more people will be likely to see it or want to work with me or like just hear it or just notice there's an advancement there and also like fostering time for the connections just grows that connection more so that just pays off because the more you give in your relationships and your connections the more you get back so it's like a natural growing thing so yeah I've noticed like I've just spent more time and people here spend a lot more time putting into like wholesome things and like chill time and like, yeah, just 360 health. Um, so, yeah, outdoorsy activities. And I think because there's like a wealth of nature around and the views are fantastic here in BC, that it's hard not to want to go out and do it. So, when you see it, it's in your mind. It's like outside, out of mind, right? So, I noticed when I was in London, in England, these sites like this were a lot less prevalent. So it was kind of like, I didn't see them as like an option as much. I would always gear my life to be like, what's around me? What can I see? What's being put on my Facebook? What can I Google that comes up? And it's like their those activities are more geared to being like spending money and doing stuff that's less outside and less outdoorsy. Whereas here it's the opposite. So lots of hiking, like I guess any outdoor winter sports you can think of that's here. Um, And so yeah, like weekly people's um itineraries include like I am going hiking with the family or I'm just gonna go up to the mountain do like a baby ski sesh or gonna go camping like on a weekend. That was never part of my life so when I was in England. Like the weekend would consist of like seeing friends, going out, um, going to the coffee shop, going to an art gallery, going to do going to someone's house, like having people over to like do some cooking stuff, um, you know, and I would find that I had less of an appetite to do more like wholesome things, I guess, like drawing or wanting to go for like a really long walk or drive and camp somewhere, you know, it just, it didn't, it didn't come up. My periphery was different there to where it is here. And I've noticed that, yeah, I've been influenced that way because the lifestyle is more geared that way here. So what else have I put down? Um, yeah. And I also noticed that I should probably put this under the me section, but I am more confident with spending money now. And this could be with, because I'm 28 and I have like more of a grasp on value of things, but um, I used to be very much like safe for the future and like almost restrict myself on having the good things in the present when I was like in the UK. I think it's because in the UK I just saw things as like a lot more expensive and it almost felt like life was more real and like you just had to deal with like get ready for the hardships I don't know if that was the media and the news being like, life is hard and so you have to really prepare for your future, or if it was like my own ingrained belief from my my dad who was obviously very much like geared to saving money and and trying to like push businesses. So then I adopted that and I just felt that I couldn't live and enjoy the moment as much because I was always like saving for the future. So I wasn't very confident and happy spending, It almost was really uncomfortable to spend money. But now... I think it goes and goes and feeds into that story that like I know what I value and I want to really look after myself and like I want to give myself what I need. And therefore I'm more confident spending money. So like if I want to spend something like like spend days on end, but if it's spending days on end on like good food or like going to see something like a comedy show or like spending money to book like a trip somewhere, I don't mind doing that because I know that will fill me up and make me feel like good in the now and it's not always about living the future and like fighting this hardship of life like hardships of life will come anyway and obviously yes you have to save for the future and i do save the future but i just see the value in like making myself feel good now um and feel valued now so i didn't really show myself that before in england and in the uk which is weird so yeah mindset switch again i think it all goes down to values Yeah. Um, so thirdly, going on to culture, like Canadian culture, what I've noticed about the country um, and like hearsay here, speaking to people and locals here and those who've kind of been here for a while and lived abroad, come back, you know. So what I picked up there is that um, a bit like I said, there's less spontaneity in people's movements. It's a it's a bit more planned and there's a bit more routine here. Um, you kind of know, you kind of have an expectation every week of what could happen a bit more because I can think that this goes in to the, like, choice and the diversity and what's available in Vancouver and BC, and I think this also feeds into the fact that there's less of a history in Canada versus in the UK, um, so yeah, and then there's, like, more of a, um, it's more of a couple and relationship place, I've noticed, um, so from, like, being with my partner and noticing like his connections and being around people at work and their connections. It's a it's a lot more of like a relationship city in Vancouver and the surrounding areas. And I feel like there's less, it's less geared to singletons. Um, so I think that feeds into just being able to like go out and meet people. And also when you do go out and meet, and, not go out and meet people, but people want to meet you less, I <laughs> found here um in England or in London you can go out and you'll always chat to someone new and you never know where the night could go or like people just want to chat to you or um like if you go out in a group you'd still like meet another group and there's just a bit more of like a a single life flow or just like a social flow but here I found that going out there's less of that people mingle less people go out in their groups stay in their groups or go out as couples and stay in their couples and I found that there's people are less interested in wanting to get to know me (laughs) um I don't want that to sound selfish but I don't know how to say it but like you go out and you think oh I might have this expectation of someone coming up to me and having a chat or I can go up to someone and have a chat but I almost feel like I can't as much do that and then I won't get that back either so yeah um again this goes into another point of mine where people are a bit more cliquey and in already settled in their ways a bit more and like have the connections they have um, and I think this probably makes me a bit of a, more of an outsider because I've come here late, I'm 28, I've obviously not gone to school with anyone, I've not gone to college any, with anyone, I've not gone to high school with anyone, I have not been in a long-term work relationship. So once you kind of like haven't been in that kind of cyclical arrangement with people and people are set in their ways and me coming, who just me just moved from London, it's just like harder to feel ingrained. Um, and people have less of an appetite to want to get to know you and I guess it would be similar to if someone from Canada moved over here and they would be like hey I kind of want to join your friendship circle if you have been long-term friends with people in uni or school it's like harder to like suddenly come in if you haven't been with them throughout the experiences so yeah I'm trying to like see that as like from an objective point of view it's a bit more clique and it's harder to make friends and it's harder to to really find your tribe here here I've noticed from my personal experience and I've been using Bumble BFF and that's been a great way to know that other people feel like you and want to make friends and on their bios it's like oh i have just like all my school friends have moved away or they're married or they've got kids so now I'm looking for new people to hang around with um some new like girlfriends and you're like oh cool there's like there's an appetite for it but along with that me, myself included because it's Bumble BFF you're almost less inclined to like commit and I noticed that when I have my first few girl dates when I like arranged it was very much like maybe we could do it the week after or like change plans or like or someone wouldn't reply after we've made it like a a date like arrangement I'm like "Mm, this feels really fickle and like non-committal and then yeah I think that coinciding with like how now I know how I like to spend my time I've got less of an appetite to do so too so it's almost like I've become part of that culture like less wanting to just kind of, like, make friends, even though you want to make friends. It's weird. Um. Yeah, again, like I said, less things geared to, like, geared around temptation here. So I think I'm a bit more of a saint, if I'm honest. Um, And also weed's, like, legal here. So you can kind of do that and feel okay. And with a more relaxed attitude to a drug, I think that bleeds into the more relaxed attitude of just not wanting to try and find something to, like, you know, really um feel that buzz or feel that stimulant because like you can get alcohol whatever that's like the same old and weed's like a norm and there's like places where you can smoke weed and it's like you know you can buy weed and it's, there's not this like secretism around it and it's not like a taboo so yeah and like then I haven't really noticed the presence of other drugs that much here whereas I think in the UK there's more of a drug scene I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn but yeah it feels like that from my experience access to other drugs here feels limited or I haven't heard conversations around it as much but I have noticed that someone said that in BC or Vancouver that um cocaine is also like not safe and there's been some incidents in the news where it's just been really damaging and not actually been what it said it's been so yeah that's a word of warning um I haven't been involved in that I've just heard this from a conversation of meeting someone so I was like ooh, scary um yeah so everything here is a bit more nurturing like I said lifestyle's more nurturing and um values are like wholesome and I notice that people here are friendlier like Canadians are generally a friendly nation um but where there's a difference is like the follow-through of like connections is is slower and like not as apparent um what else have I got in my diary my diary notebook um I've also found that I'm missing that level of diversity and creativity and um variation which I found in the UK a lot more so this goes in terms of like arts culture music fashion histories connections like the people I relate to I feel less represented here in terms of like all the facets of my personality um I think that's because um obviously growing up in the UK you're well I find that I was exposed to like loads of different things and issues from the good to the bad whereas in Canada I've noticed that like the culture is quite young um because it's a younger place um and fewer histories and less crime and it's a lot safer so it's almost like I'm a more subdued living experience not subdued but like safer living experience I feel like I'm very privileged here versus sometimes when I go back to the UK I'm like oh it's almost like I feel a bit like there's so much fizziness and cosmopolitan energy and like diversity here, anything could happen, but both good and bad, you know, but in BC in my experience of Vancouver, I don't have that, both good and bad, you know, like anything can't happen here as much, um, yeah, so what I felt, I think I struggled this the most was like feeling represented in terms of my background and my diversity, and my ethnicity, and my story, um, Yeah, it was hard to find people I relate to. And I think I still am in that exploration of seeking those how I can truly, like, connect to. And um, I definitely think it's up to me to give it a chance and give people more of a chance and, like, really spend time making new connections. Of course, it's, like, it's always in your power to make change. Um, But then I'm also feeling like it's a harder experience to do so, whereas in the UK I didn't feel that as much um, because there was people of every background, orientation, um, story, uh, family upbringing, you know, where I, where I was in the UK. So yeah, that's been, um, something that I've personally struggled with. Um, another thing here is that obviously people will know that North America is built on a big tipping culture culture and the hospitality industry is renowned for, you know, people tipping. (laughs) highly so I've tried to grasp with that because I'm used to like the good old 10 10 percent in England and in the UK but here I'm like 15% is the lowest and then there's options to go more and I'm like wow that's a lot so there's almost like an a hierarchy here of like when you're in the hospitality industry of like the higher higher up you are the higher income you get in the hospitality industry and you get a good wage here in the hospitality industry like it's very much like a I think there's like somewhat of an air of elitism and superiority from some workers in the hospitality industry here um I've noticed that like I don't know sometimes in a bad way you know like I've been met with waitresses who just expect you to tip more or give you a disgruntled look if you don't tip them or meet you with a bad attitude if you're not if you're like asking for a menu soon and they were like I'm just about to do it give me a chance and you're like oh okay sorry and you almost feel like they're in control and they have the power a bit more but like on the plus side I love the fact that it's it's a bit more glorified here um I don't know if it's from my personal experience but like there's more of an attitude as seeing like being in the hospitality industry is like equally as important as any other industry wherever I've noticed that attitudes have a bit more of a have a, a different in the UK like jobs have more of a different hierarchy and um an outlook from depending on where you're from but um, yeah, you can earn a really good weight here from that. I just don't want to feel like rubbish if I'm honestly tipping, you know? Like, I'm not going to give you all my money if you make me feel rubbish and small. So, yeah. <laughs> what else? Um, yeah, like I said, car culture. Side, side note, car culture is big here. Like, you have to really, like feel comfortable driving if you want to kind of go further than just your immediate kind of zone because Canada is so vast and BC is so vast and like like North America and other areas of America like you have to go far to get to these jewels and these beautiful sites and these activity pockets so um yeah I haven't yet adopted the car and I'm I feel like quite against it because I want to stay with in line with like using public transport and walking, because I feel like not only does it free me of responsibility but I feel oh pardon me (laughs) like less environmentally responsible almost um but that's not to say I don't get in cars which is they're really handy my partner has a car like some friends have a car um but I don't want to own my own one myself but it's like being very conscious of thinking like if I want to get somewhere you have to really plan like how you're going to get there because it's a bit more tricky than in the UK and also there's like coaches and trains in the UK whereas here it's like there really isn't there 's like some coaches put on to some destinations, like Vancouver to Whistler, and if you want to go down to Seattle or Portland then that 's cool, but like other than that it 's like if you want to just get from A to like a an B and B being like another city it's like you it's really difficult like sometimes to get to for me to get to Langley is like two hours on like three or four different bits of public transport like it 's not simple whereas I could just hop on a train if if I was in Brighton I want to go up to manchester you just hop on two trains and it's pretty easy and like i guess somewhat accessible in terms of going that far um still like if you book in advance it's like good value um and then yeah I want to talk a bit about um the expense here cuz that's like quite a big question on that people have had and like when i do my research of moving elsewhere i'm like how expensive is it to, is to live so i'm going to round up with that um Vancouver is I would say about 30% cheaper to live here than London like it's equally as expensive and in like some areas where you go and like obviously tourist traps and pockets like Squamish Whistler um anywhere you go that's like quite high up on Google or like sought after ski resorts are like super expensive and they're probably just as equally as expensive London um but on the whole, 30% cheaper. Groceries are probably the only thing that's more expensive here um, than in England. Like, go to Tesco or Sainsbury's in the UK and you're like, cool, and get a week's, or like Aldi, oh god, I, I bloody miss Aldi. Um, really good value for money, but like here, yeah, groceries expensive. Like, just buying like a, a pepper, which is like a capsicum, it's just like too much. And it's almost like sometimes you can get more value for money if you just eat out all the time like for lunch in Vancouver if you're quite good with it um and like you can get sushi for like five bucks like six like six let's say vegetarian rolls that's six bucks is like I don't know three pounds something um crazy crazy so sometimes you can have really cheap dinners um but I would say with that um rent Rent is still high for... If you're a Vancouverite and if you live in Canada, you would see rent as high. But coming from England, spending, like, commonly between, let's say, £700 to £1,200 a month in London to live in... Like, here, you can live with a housemate and it'd be so, so, so cheap. Like, I've seen things on the internet, it's like, $700 Canadian to live with two other people. Or less than $700, which is the equivalent of, like, £400. Um like a month which is fabulous and if you want to live alone and in the center of Vancouver commonly you're looking at paying like 1200 for like a studio Canadian and then if you do your maths it's like I don't know if that's like 700 700 800 pounds but yeah I think that's pretty good so yeah if you're a Canadian you're like ouch but if you're coming from England you'll be like that's great especially South England I mean you can get good places up north to rent a lot cheaper than that but that's my POV um yeah. And lastly, big thing about Vancouver is, didn't realise this, but living downtown and working downtown when I initially was here, a big homeless problem along the east side. And it's really unfortunate. And like there is a big kind of like street drug pro- problem and like um, like people li- living on the streets here. So that's not really talked about and not really like discussed until you come here and you see it. And I think that's because being Canadian is such an expensive place to live and uh and like like I said if you're canadian and trying to like rent is expensive in the central areas if especially if you want to live alone which is quite a big culture here living alone is a very common thing people do that more than they do sharing that even getting like a place to live with a good standard is really difficult for people so that's one to like be mindful of and just to be aware of when you come here and there's lots of work being done but it's really I've noticed and heard that it's really hard to eradicate that unfortunately so anyway guys um that's been my roundup from living in Canada for eight months so Canada versus the UK and I hope you found it useful again please don't be offended by anything I've said it's all my lived experience my personal POV and what I see as important or not important in life and um yeah if you like this episode please subscribe hit the button wherever you listen to this on your podcast app and um Yeah, send me any thoughts to brownmindbody at gmail.com or my Instagram, that's A underscore blanks, B-L-A-N-X. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. I hope you did find some value in it. Um, I want to say have a truly awesome festive period and be really kind to everyone you know and be kind to yourself most importantly. Give yourself what you need at the time. Um, Yeah, I want to say an even bigger thank you for our journey this year to everyone who's listened, ever clicked on Brown Mind Body, um, participated in my most recent Brown Mind Body giveaway, um, the one year anniversary in um, November. Anyone who's interacted with Brand Mind Body in any way, I want to say thank you so much. Um, everything you've done and been on this journey has been exactly what I've needed to push me forward and learn from uh, in order to create Brand Mind Body and move it forward. So I'll be taking those with me to 2020 and hope- hopefully wrapping all of those up into something new Um, and, you know, helping us unravel on 2020 and what that might bring for us. Um, So yeah, have a great end of year. This will be the final episode in Brown Mind Body's 2019 season, and it's been so exciting. And um, yeah, have a great time. Lots of love to everyone. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe on any way you listen to your podcasts. Click um, rate or review to help me go up the charts a bit and keep spreading this knowledge to anyone that might need it. Um, and follow me on Instagram at A underscore blanks. That's B-L-A-N-X if you want to get in touch. Or email brandmindbody at gmail.com. That's all one word, lowercase. And share your thoughts, um, get involved. Perhaps you want to come on an episode. Perhaps you want to be involved in 2020 somehow. Just let me know through those channels. And I I'll look forward to hearing from you.